0: And paradoxical thinking is a requirement to engaging in the emerging future. We need to move beyond right and wrong, black and white, and realize that there's a lot of gray out there. And also that two things can be opposing each other and true at the same time. That's me, your host, Joel DeYoung, dropping some wisdom, and this is The Emerging Future. Everybody, it's Joel DeYoung here, your host for the Emerging Future Podcast. All right, so we're going to do something a little bit different here. Usually, I'm interviewing somebody, and we I'm asking questions, and we get into conversation about you know what they do, and kind of weave it into the theme of the emerging future. But today, prompted by my wife Mary, who always has the good ideas. She said, um, you need to do a quick and short podcast on MockTube. You seem to have a lot to say about that. (laughs) So she's usually right about these kinds of things. So I'm going to follow her lead as I usually do and follow her prompting and talk about MockTube. But before I do, um... Well, I think, you know, to intro intro this, just to go back to the emerging future and what the emerging future is in my mind, and why I started this podcast is really this idea that we're on this precipice and of a uh, of a a transition time. We're we're moving out of an era, and we're moving into a new era, and there's a lot of tension, and there's a lot of angst, you know, as we work our way, you know, through this, through this transition, we're letting go of a lot of the ways that we think about things, um, the way that we structure our minds, the way that we structure our realities the way that we you know build our built environments the way that we organize as human beings those all of that is is uh, shifting and it's it's moving away from a certain type of thinking and it's moving to a new type of thinking and also a way of being and I am uh, currently enrolled in this course um it's called Bright Future Now, and Dr. Robert Gilman is, is the uh, the mastermind behind it, and he's the educator, and he's the convener, and he he's an astrophysicist, and he's been doing this work for like 40 years, and he does a really great job of articulating where we're moving from and where we're moving to, and he calls this the empire era that we're We're moving away from. We're we're currently in, and we're moving to the planetary era. So it's like we have one foot in the empire era, and it's our current our current uh, political environment is 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 really hanging on tightly to the to the empire era, and is really immersed in that mindset, and is not letting go. It's kind of doubling down on on this era that we're moving away from. And uh, so it's like we got one foot in the empire era and one foot in the planetary era, but we're not kind of, we're kind of bridging both. So there's this gap and the emerging future is is what we're coming to understand about our, our new era and about ourselves and about... Um, the way that the world is working, I mean, communications is a big part of it. Um, Self organizing is a big part of it, and um, all these things are really disruptive. And to to the way that we we move through the world, and and change can can be really difficult. Not only to just move through, but but to really um, move through gra- gracefully, and. And so this podcast, for me, is about talking to people who are either just ahead, one step ahead of, um, you know, where I am in my thinking, or they've just lived a life really true to themselves. And I think that's a huge part of where what's going to help us get to the planetary areas if we really. Um, start to do the in, internal investigating and do the work of of uh, figuring out w- why we're here, why we exist for ourselves, and then um, and then having that sort of catalyze um, towards compassionate action. Okay, all that to say, I want to tell you a story about what happened today because. Um, I think this goes with the theme of the emerging future. So it's been, it's been quite a crazy day. It's been quite a crazy few years, you know, Mary's in school and she's doing a lot of studying. I don't think I've said this out loud, but I have four kids and just being a dad of four kids is, is full time. And to have all of these other thoughts about, um being in the way of the emerging future is almost laughable when you have kids puking on the sidewalk <laughs> as you're walking down the street or you know screaming while you're talking on the phone or if if you're a parent you know what I'm talking about it's it's kind of insane and it's it's really hard to keep your your wits about you but we're we're having a kind of a crazy day it, um and there there's I'm not gonna go into our whole life story, but um there are some things that we're dealing with and we end up getting uh well, it's spring break for our kids, so my oldest is with my folks in Chicago and then my other three got picked up by my mother in law and and there's you would think that, you know, once the once the kids go away that we have this m- time to finally just go, hey, you know, hey, what's up? You know, nice to be able to have a conversation with you. No, so of course we, we don't do that. We end up getting in this, I mean, right away, we just get in this major fight. And it was spurred on our car broke down, and, and I just got the the call right before, too. And it's a lot of money to fix our car, and it's just like the last straw, right, like, one more thing that we didn't need to have happen today, so, so there's that financial stress, if anybody can relate to that, that financial stress, you know, combined with the pressure of, of everything else, and so we end up getting in this big fight, and we're yelling at each other, and both of us are just, like, you know, not backing down, um, I'm gonna protect myself now, (laughs) just not the way the way forward if you know what I mean so anyway she goes um she's she's got a few more months left in grad school and she's got to write her paper so she goes back into her office and and she starts writing and I'm just at the I'm at the uh I'm trying to clean up the kitchen and I'm just at the sink and I'm like losing it just, like, trying to breathe, but sort of having a breakdown, but, like, tearing up and, um, at my wits end and, like, not in good, in a good, in a good place, and, and I was thinking about, okay, this is where, this is, this is, like, where you get the sign, Right? Um, I don't know if any of you listen to the Rob cast, Rob Bell's uh, podcast. I highly recommend it. Um, he was a, uh, he's trained as a pastor and he had a big church in Michigan and then um, ended up moving out to LA five or six years ago and has really taken some risky steps in a career as a pastor, but he, uh, he really carries a lot of wisdom and He's been vulnerable in sharing that and he I listened to his podcast called The Robcast and one of the things that he says is, you know, when when you feel he said this recently so it was stuck in my head. He said when you feel like your life becomes completely unmanageable, you know, that's where God shows up. And I'm sitting there at the sink and I'm like I feel like my life's completely unmanageable. And this is where I'm supposed to like get a sign or something. Like now now. Like I need something right now. So I'm sitting there and I'm I'm starting to like get a little bit angry, like, no, no, I need I need I need something. And I get a text. My phone buzzes and I look at it and it's my neighbor Martin who's out of town, but his mother in law is at his house, which is next door to mine. And she's having trouble getting on the internet, and she needs help with her modem. So the text says, hey, can you go over there? If you're home, can you go over there and help her? I'm like, okay. So immediately, you know, I start walking out the door. I'm like, okay, at least I have something to do right now besides, like, cry into the sink. (laughs) So I start walking over um, to Martin's, and I get in to... Uh, Martin's house and... Um, Linda... His mother-in-law... Is... Shows me where their modem is... And I'm... I'm like pulling the... You know the power cords off of the modem and the router... And I'm... And I'm down underneath... their I've got my head like underneath their bookshelf where their modem is... And... And I'm in this moment... And... I open my eyes... And I see... The only thing I see is a book that says mock tube on the side of it. And I'm like, mock tube. I'm like, I know that word. I I know that word and I know it's important and I know it means something. And I think this is a sign. <laughs> and, and I can't remember where or how I know that word. But so it's, it's like definitely permeating, like, okay, I've got to figure out what that word is. So I finished fixing the modem, which meant that I just unplugged it and put it back together and then entered her password and she was off the races. And then, um, so then I get out of Martin's house and I walk around the corner on the sidewalk and immediately pull out my phone and I'm like, okay, mock tube, mock tube. And I search for it and I, and I look up and it's, the word that's used frequently in the book The Alchemist. And if you haven't read The Alchemist, drop everything and go get The Alchemist, which when I say go, I mean like just open your phone and get it on Amazon, whether you like to read on your Kindle or hardcover, order that thing. This is The Alchemist is my all-time favorite book. So the word mock tube is this theme that continues throughout this book and and the, the the gist of the story is like this it's a boy who goes on this adventure and he goes through you know all of these different challenges just like a lot of different stories but there's so much deep wisdom interwoven in into the story it's it's mind blowing. I mean, there are like, like deep spiritual gems, or in like every page of that book, and and mocktube, mocktube is is this concept and this phrase that uh, that comes up. So it's uh, so this boy, you know, he basically goes on this. He's it's sort of like the hero's journey where he. Um, gets this call to adventure and then he goes on the adventure and things start happening that go awry like immediately and he ends up having to work for a crystal merchant and and the mock tube is the phrase that's first used by the crystal merchant he employs Santiago Santiago's our, our main character and and later um, it's adopted by these other characters. Um, they're a camel driver, and then Fatima, this girl that he falls in love with. Okay, so what does Maktu mean? It means it is written. So it's used by these three characters to express their conviction that some things are meant to rather than having faith in God with a changeable will. The characters believe in this steadfast universal plan behind all things. So what's interesting, though, is that the idea of Maktou, it's never presented as this contradictory Thing to free will of the individual um, it's like not getting in the way of their true purpose or or what in in the book in the alchemist they call the personal legend, your personal legend. How great is that? Who doesn't want a personal legend or find their personal legend and pursue it oh, so. So the the concept of MockTube, bit it relieves several of the characters of their anxiety of decision making and and of their risk taking. So, for example, the there's a, a camel driver and his his trust in a camel driver. How awesome is that? There's a camel driver. <laughs> a camel. The camel drivers trust in the in the ways of the. He trusts in the ways of the world, which he believes are written. So it helps him show the main character why death need not to be feared. And the Camel Driver explains that death is simply a fact. So it's, it's something that's written and it's, it's um, horror and it's dread vanishes when one lives in the moment without anxiety over what cannot be changed. Oh. And and then um, Fatima is this woman that the boy meets, or this girl that the boy meets, and, and they f- fall in love. And she uses the term mock tube to explain her trust in Santiago, the main character, and their love for each other. And she believes that if she and Santiago are intended to be together, he will return to her. And this relieves her of the anxiety of his departure because he has to leave at one point in the journey. Because she trusts that what is written will come to pass. If he does not return, it is because their love was not intended to be eternal and true. And then... It's, it's kind of a confusing concept, though, because it it includes both change and permanence. Let me say that again. Mock tube includes both change and permanence. So there's a point in the book where our main character foresees the future, this invasion of this oasis in the desert, and he, he's able to intervene and, and actually prevent the outcome. So what that implies is that the future is not completely settled or, or written in a way that's unchangeable. But uh, once Santiago understands that all things are quote-unquote written, he's able to speak the capital L language of the world. I love that term. And it's because everything, including the future, is indeed pre-written. But I love that the, uh, including that both change, and permanence. Because every everything's pre-written. It's like the future is pre-written. Written, but you have the ability to change, it as well and participate, and involve yourself. Um. And I just think that's so, uh, for me, I needed to hear that today. I needed to hear Mach 2. Um, the change in permanence, both change in permanence, that's paradoxical, right? It's a, it's a paradox. It's either a change or it's permanent. And what this term is saying is that it's, it's both and change and permanence. And paradoxical thinking is is a requirement to engaging in the emerging future. We need to move beyond right and wrong, black and white, and realize that there's a lot of gray out there. And also that two things can be opposing each other and true at the same time. When I first learned this term or this idea of paradox, it was a mind blower for me. I was like, what? I mean, it was almost like it hurt. How can two things be true, but they're actually opposing each other? They're opposing ideas. And it's almost like there's a holding paradox and, holding the idea of change and permanence. Mach 2 includes both change and permanence at the same time. Holding that tension will allow a third way to emerge and, and that third way is the emerging future that uh, we are opening ourselves to being aware of and to participate in. So That's what I wanted to share. I wanted to share MockTube. I wanted to share with you that story. And hopefully it gives you a sense of where I'm thinking, why I'm doing this. And and maybe it gives you a little bit more insight into who I am as a person. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.